Blog Talk Radio. It's a little rainy here in the Northeast. Don't know what the weather's like where you are, but we are set to talk about some pro wrestling as we are on that proverbial road to WrestleMania. Did we hit a roadblock? Maybe just a speed bump. We're going to discuss tonight Taker, the Undertaker, the Phenom, the Dead Man to appear tonight on Monday Night Raw. What could it all mean? New Hall of Famer announced today. Lots of stuff to get into. We're going to get into all of it, and we want to hear from you. Give us a call. 347-838-9815 is the number to call to have your voice heard right here on this show. If you can't call us, but, you know, maybe maybe you're at work, you're hiding at work, you know, you can't really call us, but you want your opinion heard, head over to Facebook, man, facebook.com. Slash the Ken Reedy Show. Again, that is Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Go over there, like the page, and right now we have a show chat going on on the Facebook page. So pop on there. We want to know your thoughts on Roadblock. Like I said before, was it in fact a roadblock or just a little baby speed bump? We want to know your thoughts. Get on the Facebook. Let us know what you're thinking about Roadblock and the overall road to WrestleMania. Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. If tweeting is your thing, our handle is at the Ken Reedy Show on the Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Get on board there. And if you want to get on our website, it's thekenreedyshow.com. Blogs, pictures, lots of great stuff over there on the website. Again, it is thekenreedyshow.com. And we are part of we are part of a network. We are part of a station. We are part of a groundbreaking project called 1640 PWPR. Uh, King Firehawk is taking the lead there. It's a radio station, man. It's like an internet radio station. We're building it. We're working at it, uh, trying to make it bigger and better. Go to iTunes. Open up iTunes. Do a search. 1640 PWPR. Immediately, our channel will pop up. You got our show on there. You got the King Firehawk show. You got the cool down with AC. Got lots of great shows on our network. You subscribe for free. Cannot stress that enough. Subscribe for free. 
then you got access to all these great shows. You want to get on board. You want to listen to that. And you know what? If you think you got what it takes, because I know, I know right now in 2016, any joker with a laptop and a microphone thinks he can jump on board and start podcasting. Because uh-uh. it's 1640, we only want the best of the best. So if you think you are the best of the best, you think you got something good out there on your podcast, shoot me a message, shoot King Firehawk a message, go on the 1640 PWPR Facebook page, send us a link to your show, we'll give it a listen. If we think you got what it takes to be part of the 1640 family, we'll put you on your network, and that's on our network, and that's what it is. We'll bring your fans into the fold to help our shows, and our fans will jump on board and listen to you. It's like a cooperative. It's, it's peace, love, and podcasting. So you want to get on board. If you think you got what it takes for the show, message us a link to your show. We'll give it a listen. Maybe you, too, can be on 1640 PWPR as we get set on this road to WrestleMania. And it's amazing that we are only just a few weeks away from the show of shows, the showcase of the immortals, perhaps a record-breaking event, 84,000-plus tickets sold for the event, Hall of Famers, Roadblock, all sorts of stuff going on. we got to make sense of it. Wouldn't be able to do it without my tag team partner who's on the line. Let's bring him up. Dave, how you doing this evening? I'm staying dry like you here in the uh, it's a rainy northeast weather that we have in the last official week of winter. So we head into uh, springtime, and like you said, three weeks out from the, uh, the show of shows, WrestleMania. Uh, I don't know, though, if I am too excited about this year's WrestleMania, despite the, um, the quote-unquote record-breaking ticket sales that WWE has apparently reached in AT&T Stadium, but... We'll get into all that further as, as tonight's show goes on. So let's get into it. I mean, you know, for years now, the WWE has, has coined the phrase, the road to WrestleMania. And you're getting on that road to WrestleMania, and it's it's the build towards Mania. And, you know, so the WWE, you know, the last, they had their last pay-per-view before WrestleMania. We were on the fast lane. We were on the fast lane to WrestleMania. But oh my God. Oh no. We hit a roadblock. A roadblock on the road to WrestleMania. What are we going to do? The road is blocked. You know, the WWE names this, this special event Roadblock. And here's, we're going we're gonna to dissect this thing. There's a lot to talk about. And I think the WWE, in my opinion, did themselves a disservice the way they marketed it, the way the, the name being called Roadblock, because for this fan, calling it Roadblock on the proverbial road to WrestleMania, I thought something significant was going to happen. I thought they were going to give us something that come tonight on Monday Night Raw, I would be, I can't wait to turn my TV on because how are they going to fix this? How are they going to adjust the card? What are they going to do? Because I can't believe what happened on Roadblock. We didn't get any of that. And to me, the thing that's a shame with that is how it was marketed going forward. I thought it was a decent show. I thought we got a really good wrestling program. And again, we're going to get into specifics about the show. But I thought it was a solid wrestling program. However, you know, it was, it was a house show. 
They televised the house show. That's exactly what they did, which is fine if you're going to give us that they're televising a house show. But when you're kind of giving us the idea that something significant really may happen, um, it kind of, it it just, they they set us up to be disappointed, which is a shame because I thought the performers performed well. I thought we had some solid matches. Um, I, you know, thought that, that Jericho's promo was was borderline brilliant. The guy knows how to turn heel. Uh, it had that like kind of throwback feel. Um, it kind of like parts of it left me a little like scratching my head because all right, Ambrose doesn't beat Triple H. You got Lesnar who's kind of in a squash with with Luke Harper, but then now those guys have to rekindle like we yeah, but Ambrose and Lesnar are going to be in a street fight. So. Lots of, I mean, it just again, it's a shame to me because I thought it was a solid show, but I thought they did a disservice with the name of the show. And I want to get into specifics, things we liked, things we didn't like. But, Dave, give me your thoughts, your impressions of what the WWE gave us in their special event roadblock. Well, I like you said, it was, a, it was they televised a house show. It was a glorified house show. Uh, but nonetheless, it was in a, a pretty good wrestling city known for great crowds. Toronto hosted two WrestleManias, uh, 6 and 18. Uh, but um, for me personally, I thought the in-ring action was really good. And here's what I took away from it. Um, one, uh, Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy uh, versus The Revival. Fantastic matchup. Great tag team matchup. Uh uh, the Revival, Dash, and Dawson are very reminiscent of Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, Brain Busters. They got that kind of style. Their style kind of fits NXT. I'm really hoping at some point, once they, they've done what they can do in NXT, that they'll get called up to the main roster. Enzo and Cass are, 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 are going to end up on the main roster fairly soon, probably after WrestleMania. I would, I would venture to guess they'll probably be a surprise like the night after WrestleMania. Uh, challenging for the tag team titles. Uh, that's just a guess, but they are ready for the main roster. I mean, the camera cut to the crowd like three or four times during their their in ring promo. The opening, you know, their, their opening that they do. Every fan was hanging on their words of the catchphrases. It was very like New Age Outlaws, like how the Outlaws used to have their catchphrases in their opening segments, and the crowd was behind it. I totally dug everything about it. Uh, they are definitely ready for the main roster. They're stars. Um, Luke Harper, uh, yes, we didn't get the advertised Brock Lesnar Bray Wyatt, and I'm sure that they're because they're saving that for after WrestleMania. Um, but I did not mind that you know Harper got bounced around and tossed around by Lesnar. It made sense. He didn't really lose much of anything. He's one of Wyatt's henchmen, and Wyatt is a cult leader. So of course Wyatt would sacrifice one of his guys, and he sacrificed his guy in Luke Harper. And to me, Harper didn't look as squashed as some other guys have after getting in the ring with Brock Lesnar. Sometimes Brock Lesnar can beat the tar out of guys and make them look, you know, little to nothing. And Harper didn't really. I mean, the camera panned to him after the match, and he kind of had this, like, crazy look in his eye, still kind of showing the effects of taking a beating, but at the same time, like, showing the effects that he's kind of nuts, so this didn't affect him too much, which I thought was good that they kind of protected Harper in that way. Um, what else? Uh, the girls' match. First of all, I don't understand why Natalia doesn't have a larger role in the women's division in WWE because her match with Charlotte was awesome. 
and I knew it was going to be good based off of their match that they had at the NXT TakeOver special a couple of years ago on the WWE Network, and it was just good stuff. I mean, you know, it helped that, you know, she's from Canada, her roots in the Hart family, um, the crowd was definitely behind her, and it really helped build Charlotte's heat when they had made some, when Charlotte had cut that pre-match promo on Natty and the Hart family. So uh, overall, I thought it was a fantastic match. They both work really well together, and I'm just, like, shocked and that, that Natalia doesn't get as used as much on television um, in, in these Divas matches. And why she's not part of this quote-unquote Divas revolution is beyond me. She's the most underutilized female on their roster right now. Um, trying to think what else did I take out of it. I did enjoy the Jericho promo that you were talking about. Um, I thought it was very good that, you know, being a Canadian boy – he, uh, he got the crowd to turn against him and go against the good old boy, American Jack Swagger, in Canada. thought that was good stuff. But um, I really liked Ambrose and Triple H. Even though the outcome was, uh, was, was less than favorable to most fans, they really made Ambrose look like he was on the same level as Triple H. They made him look like an equal. Triple H kind of gave him um, so much during that match in terms of what, what they allowed Ambrose to do offensively Triple H's character. He really made him look like an equal, and it was very, um, I hate to use this word again, but reminiscent of when Ric Flair was the NWA world champion, and he'd work with the local guys or work with you know, a certain territory's top star and make that guy look like a million bucks and just barely get out of that title match with the victory. You know, Triple H, that was, the, that was the same scenario. It was very Ric Flair-like, and I thought it was good. Um, I will say, though, the finish, when the, when the referee made the three counts and Ambrose's foot was under the rope, I did not see his foot under the rope. Um, from the vantage point that I saw, I didn't think he was that close to the rope. Um, and I kind of have a – I'm taking a guess here, but even though Triple H won that match, I think that that issue with the foot under the rope will get touched upon tonight on Raw. It is a slight, slight chance that we could see some things change heading into WrestleMania because Ambrose's foot wasn't under the rope, but the referee did count Triple H to three. So I kind of have a feeling either they screwed up or they meant to do it that way to carry over into tonight's Raw and, and possibly change the landscape of WrestleMania. But that, like I said, that's a slight, slight chance that that could happen. But overall, I thought it was just a solid, good wrestling show. Um, wasn't a bad match on the card and, uh, it, it didn't really excite me much for WrestleMania, but, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I was The in-ring action was good. I can't complain about that whatsoever. The in-ring action, bell to bell, top to bottom was good stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's where, like I said, I think that's where the WWE has to garner a little bit of criticism, just leading us to believe that maybe something big was going to happen, and it just didn't. Uh, I You know, right there with you. Uh, that it is, it was a a solid wrestling show. I mean, I think we had, uh, you know, I, I, you know, no classics or anything, but every match to me was good to very good. Um, I want to touch upon what you you hit on a bit with the ladies, and uh, I mean that's one of those things, man. Like, I couldn't agree more, um, and especially being a veteran and being, you know, whose family she's tied to. Uh, I, I just don't get where they're going with, with Natalia and why she is not used uh, more effectively. Um, uh, especially, look, you got a lot you got a lot of young females coming in, coming up through this Divas revolution, quote-unquote. 
Um, but look, I mean, the future of the women's division looks pretty good. They they got to figure it out. Uh, you know, we've gone over and over again about maybe the Divas Revolution was not the best term, but I, I think ladies wrestling in the WWE is definitely on the upturn, and, and there's some talent there. Um, I I just don't get when you have all this young talent um, with limited uh, experience, especially limited experience within the WWE, and you have someone like Natalia, and when you see him at, you know, it, it's interesting, Dave, when you don't see someone on TV for a while, you don't see him wrestle, you don't see him given a certain, you know, time in a match, you start to wonder, all right, you know, maybe, you know, maybe she lost it a little bit. I mean, maybe, you know, things caught up to her. Maybe she's got some nagging injuries and can't really move in the ring anymore. You know, and you start, and then you just start to forget about someone. And you see Natalia walk into that ring at Roadblock in the match she gave against Charlotte. It was just, how do you not take a veteran like this, put her smack dab in the middle of this diva revolution? I mean, whatever. Be the old school woman, the old guard. You know, I'm not. I don't give a shit about this diva's revolution. Like, I'm here to stay. I'm not ready to step aside. Something. But I was just shocked with the quality of performance that I saw out of Natalia. How the hell the WWE thinks it's a good job not having her on TV more? I think, you know, what she did for Charlotte, and look, Charlotte's good, but but she's she's young, she's inexperienced, and there are times where you see her in the ring, and she can use a little guidance. I just don't get, like, to me, Dave, put Natalia smack dab in the middle of this Divas revolution. Help her help all the young talent. Um, I I don't know. I was just so impressed with her on, on Saturday, and I'm just surprised we don't see more of her. I totally agree. I mean, like I said earlier, I made reference to it. They had a fantastic match at the NXT TakeOver event um, in, in May of 2014. I think even JBL referenced it during the during the broadcast. Um on, you know, during that match, then how they had a great contest. Uh, I just don't understand why they don't use her more. She's she's a heart. She comes from you know, some people call it wrestling royalty, and uh, I, I I just don't understand. They kind of use her for for total divas, and I mean, I even was digging her when she was doing the stuff with Cesaro and and Tyson Kidd, but uh, you know, just I, for whatever reason, she for in ring ability. Is right up there, if not better than some of these other, these, some of these newer girls. I mean, I would go as far as to say that she's better bell to bell than Becky Lynch, better bell to bell than Charlotte. You know, um, you know, she's right up there. You know, toe to toe with Sasha Banks. I mean, I think Sasha Banks is the best female wrestler they have currently on the roster from in from an in ring standpoint. But I think N- Natalia is right up there and not using her effectively especially with her rich history that she has in the business, being a member of the Hart family, I think it's a shame. I really do. Um, I don't know what the what the situation is and what they think of her, um, if they think she's just good enough to be on Total Divas, but it's a shame. She should have been, she should be used more, more effectively. And I think Saturday night, the match with Charlotte proved that. And even so far as to know, like what, I'm not saying that she needs to have like a, you know, though, like, I think she'd be good for a run with the Divas title. But even a short program, you know, you, you couldn't. Now, granted, I don't know where he is health-wise. I don't know. I know there are some issues, perhaps, with, with substances. So, 
and I'm not going to talk about that, but let's just say he's doing well. I mean, you couldn't have a program with Natalia and Charlotte and, you know, Rick doing what he's been doing, and then maybe you bring Anvil back for a night. I mean, that dude was crazy. He's there in Natalia's corner to keep Rick in line, um, you know, for one night. You know, a, a sh- maybe you do a short program with the two of them. And, you know, for for that final blow-off match, you got Anvil in Natalia's corner, and, and Flair is in Charlotte's corner. I mean, you know, touch upon the old school. I, I just... I don't know, man. I just I'm watching the match, and I'm just Jesus. Like I would love to see more of her, and she'd be such a good mentor uh, for for the young ladies uh, coming up right now in NXT, in NXT and the WWE roster. Um, it really just left me scratching my head a bit why we weren't seeing her. And again, it's and that's not being critical of the event because as far as the event goes, it was a great matchup. I just when it was all said and done, I'm like Jesus Christ, like we need Natalia just needs to be. Uh, around more. Um, so, you know, that to me, I mean, arguably that could have stolen the show. Maybe it was the match of the night. Who knows? But there was nothing in that event on Saturday night that, to me, facilitated this this road to WrestleMania that got you more pumped for WrestleMania. It was a good house show. And going into it, I feel like that's what that was the vibe they're at least giving us. Like, let's give you something uh, for the build to WrestleMania. Uh, I didn't get it. Now, like you're saying, Dave, do we see some controversy with the foot under the ropes? Uh, does that change the landscape of of this this matchup? Uh, you know, like I said on last week's show, the intriguing thing right now with that WWE title that. If something screwy happens with the foot, like you got Dean Ambrose that has legit claim for for a match with Triple H. You have Brock Lesnar, obviously, has legit claim for a match with with Triple H for the title. You have Roman Reigns, who already was booked for a title match at WrestleMania with Triple H. You got Seth Rollins, who had to relinquish the title due to injury. If If he was able to come back, I mean, you're hearing rumors that He's hitting the gym. He's working out. He's looking good. So you got a slew of people that have legit claims uh, for that title belt. Do we see a change in the main event? Is this building to something different in this main event? Because the one thing that I will say, Dave, that as far as we haven't seen Roman Reigns on TV, and as you said, that match on Saturday night put Ambrose on the same level as Triple H. The negative I think you take out of that is I don't think any of this is is helping the cause of Roman Reigns if they stay with that event, if they stay at that matchup at WrestleMania. I I would have to agree with you there. After watching that match Saturday night and how close Ambrose got to actually winning the match, actually practically winning the match, and the ref counted three, but realized the foot was under the rope, I mean – it doesn't get me excited to see Reigns and Triple H in a singles match. It really doesn't. As much as I love Reigns, I, I just, I'm just, to me as a fan, I want to enjoy the match. I think I'm going to have a hard time enjoying it, watching it home, when the audience is just going to totally crap all over it because he's one of the participants in the match. And I think a lot of wrestling fans would feel the same way. Um, I mean, at this point, if you really want to kind of switch things up and turn things on its ear heading into WrestleMania with three weeks out, I would kind of combine the, the, the two matches and maybe do like a four-way of sorts. Like maybe do Hunter 
defending the title against Ambrose, Lesnar, and Reigns, or maybe somehow add Wyatt into the mix. I mean, we saw that exchange last week when Wyatt stood face-to-face with Hunter, and granted, they were in Chicago, and Chicago, you know, is a a smart audience, um, one of the smarter crowds that that WWE uh, performs under or, or in front of. And they were going crazy for Wyatt kind of standing toe-to-toe with Triple H. They wanted to see it. And even when he referenced the belt, he kind of like touched it with his hand, almost like, I'll, almost kind of like, you know, I'll see you again someday soon. You know, maybe you kind of do some sort of five-way match or something. I mean, I don't know. Like, you kind of incorporate, somehow get him involved and make him important. I don't know. I, I would kind of put those matches together and make it a big main event for the title, you know. I, I don't know. I just... I'm not really intrigued with just Hunter and Reigns. I mean, I do like Ambrose and Lesnar in a singles match, but coming off of Saturday night, if I were, if I had the pencil and Vince McMahon said to me, all right, we want to change things up for WrestleMania. How would you do it? I would honestly have them open up raw tonight with the controversy that Ambrose foot wasn't under the bottom rope and that he had actually gotten a pinfall and then you could somehow lay claim that Lesnar deserves a shot. You could somehow lay claim that, that Ambrose deserves another shot. Reigns has already got a title shot. And somehow, some way, they make it like a multi-man match for the WWE Championship. Maybe like a, like I said, a four-way or even a five-way. Uh, that, that's how I would do it. Because I, going into WrestleMania, I'm not like super excited. I mean, I'm excited because it's WrestleMania. But like I'm not like chopping at the bits like, I have to see this match. And... That's the first time in a long time I've felt this way. And I think that that's large in part due to the injuries that have, that have occurred over the past, you know, the past year in WWE and how, how a lot of the top stars have been hurt and they're not going to be able to be a part of this year's re- WrestleMania. But also the, the, the inconsistency in the booking, too, has, has also been a factor as to why I'm not super excited about this year's WrestleMania. Um, but, you know... I, I doesn't do a service to Roman Reigns whatsoever, but adding more guys into that match, I think will kind of drown out the negative reaction that he may potentially get if it were just him and Hunter in a singles match. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you got to do something now. I mean, something's got to change because to me, if, if anything, you know, most fans coming out of roadblock, if, if, if they could, could get what they want, they would want to see Ambrose get another shot. That's what they want. So it didn't yeah. help at all. If the WWE is going to move forward with Reigns versus Triple H, that the way they booked that did not help their cause at all. The, the Roman Reigns haters are, are hating more. They want Ambrose to get that shot. So it remains, I mean, when we look at that, you know, that might be the one factor that we see affect uh, Monday Night Raw tonight because, like I said earlier, the biggest issue I had with Roadblock is that there weren't implications uh, going into WrestleMania, and that's kind of what we were promised. But maybe rather than beating us over the head with it, maybe coming out of Raw tonight, I'll be singing a, di- a different tune. Uh, but maybe it was a subtle, it's a subtle thing, a subtle little mistake that's going to cause uh, everything uh, at WrestleMania to kind of. Uh, be thrown out and, and reconstructed. Uh, but I think you kind of have to. Uh, I think the WWE kind of painted themselves into a corner. And, and you hit it, Dave. You know, when you say, you know, you're going to watch WrestleMania, I mean, they, look, let's just say for argument's sake they have sold these tickets. Let's say for argument's sake 
they break the record. You know, they go over 90,000 people watching this, this event live. Let's just say it is a, an historic day. You're going to have an historic number of people shitting on your main event at your biggest show of the year if they just go right now with Roman Reigns versus Triple H and Reigns goes over. And, again, not a Reigns hater here, but you got to look at the way things have been going. you got to look at the writing on the wall and the way things came out of Roadblock. Fans, are, they want Ambrose. They want Ambrose to get another shot at Triple H. So we'll see what happens. Do we get something tonight at Monday Night Raw? Do they tweak the title picture going into WrestleMania? Do we have multiple superstars involved going after the championship? Like I said earlier, there's a ton of people that can lay claim right now that they have a legitimate shot, storyline-wide obviously, but legitimate shot at going after that championship belt. Do we see all these guys look to get their shot at WrestleMania? Let's see what happens tonight on Monday Night Raw. We got a lot to get into tonight. The Undertaker apparently coming back to Monday Night Raw. New Hall of Fame induction as well as uh, Jericho. Heel. Oh, my God, can you believe it? The classic tag team of Y2AJ is finite. Done. What a run they had. We're going to get into that after the break, as well as your calls. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. But right now, it is that time for the Day 5 5050 News Report. Thank you, Ken. Before I actually get into my news report, if you go on the Ken Reedy Show Facebook page right now under the visitors' posts, I posted a still shot photo of Dean Ambrose's foot not under the bottom rope during that pinfall scenario at Saturday's Roadblock. I just found the photo online. I believe it's courtesy of uh, the Spotlight Wrestling Facebook page. So head on over to the Ken Reedy Show Facebook page, click under visitors' posts. I posted this picture. Hopefully, 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 this photo can make the rounds and maybe, just maybe, this foot-under-the-bottom rope controversy makes its way tonight to Monday Night Raw to kind of switch things up WrestleMania-wise. All right, now that I've gotten that out of the way, cheap plug, of course, for the Ken Reed Show Facebook page, good evening and welcome to another edition of the Day 5. Tonight's report, and every week for that matter, is brought to you in part by the Pro Wrestling Podcast Network that's taken over the game and more. I'm talking about 1640 PWPR. Subscribe for free on iTunes right now to be a part of what everybody is talking about. Now, let's get into it this week. Last week, WWE announced that WrestleMania would be returning to the Sunshine State in 2017 as the 33rd installment of the Grand Spectacle returns to Orlando and the Florida Citrus Bowl. April 2nd, 2017. It was in 2008 when WWE set a Citrus Bowl attendance record highlighted by boxing great Floyd Mayweather making an in-ring appearance along with Ric Flair's WWE retirement and so much more. One individual who was at that event in 2008 was John Cena, the same John Cena that was present at the press conference last Tuesday to help make the announcement that WrestleMania was returning. It was also at that press conference that Cena revealed he would be sitting on the sidelines for this year's big event in Dallas due to a shoulder injury. However, new developments suggest that the leader of the C-Nation will be more involved than expected. It's no secret that speculation ran rampant that Cena was slated to face The Undertaker. 
me. Hold on one second. I'm sorry. I lost my notes here. What happened? Sorry about, sorry about that. I got, it's okay. got him back here. Got him back here. <laughs> my apologies. It's no secret that speculation ran rampant. The team was slated to face The Undertaker this year. With his injury, WWE creative were forced to come up with an alternative for the dead man. That being Shane McMahon and Hell in a Cell. Now it's being speculated that although Cena has been working hard to return early in time for a WrestleMania match, it looks as if that won't be the case. That's not stopping Vince McMahon and WWE creative for coming up with a non-wrestling role for John Cena at the show of shows. Apparently Vince McMahon wants Cena to make a run-in during the Hell in a Cell match to set up a future match with The Undertaker either at SummerSlam later this year or next year's WrestleMania 33 event. Cena has been tweeting cryptic messages regarding his status going forward, and a move like this may not come as a shock to many fans following this story. More on this as it develops. My second story this week, big news for Lucha Underground fans, is it looks as if the company is close to inking a deal with Netflix to air their programming, beginning with season one. If the deal goes through, it would help give the promotion additional exposure that is much needed for the growing entity, which could potentially reach millions of subscribers of the popular streaming service, myself being one of them. This particular partnership will not affect the deal Lucha Underground has with iTunes, as they recently started releasing episodes from the current Season 2. The promotion will begin taping Season 3 next week from the Temple in Boyle Heights, California. My third story this week, Mr. Anderson, Ken Anderson, was in the news this week as he revealed during an independent show overseas that he's no longer with TNA Impact Wrestling. He was quoted during an in-ring promo as saying, and excuse my language, fuck TNA, as the crowd began to chant that during the promo. Allegedly, Anderson was fired during the television tapings in early January after it was revealed he was under the influence while participating in a match with Eric Young. The match was said to have been so bad that it never made air. In regards to Eric Young, it was said that he was furious that Anderson was in an altered state and he didn't have any issue letting TNA officials know about it. Following that, officials drug tested Anderson on the spot and it was revealed that he failed the test, which prompted his termination immediately. The Wrestling Observer is reporting that WWE is interested in New Japan Pro Wrestling star and IWGP heavyweight champion Okada. Allegedly, New Japan Pro Wrestling has offered Okada a substantial amount of money for multiple years, to which he said that he wants to remain loyal to the organization and stay, but it's unknown if he's accepted the deal or not at this time. Okada is not the only international talent they are interested in, as the company is looking at signing several talents from Japan, Mexico, and the UK in the next few months. They are even interested in a top name from Lucha Underground and AAA who is unknown at this time. This individual appears to be upset with the creative direction in the company and is looking for a fresh start elsewhere. And in our final story this week, coming off the heels of the announcement that WrestleMania 33 was returning to Orlando, rumors had begun circulating once again that a physical building that would house the WWE Hall of Fame was coming to Universal Studios CityWalk exhibit next year. The speculation went even further that a restaurant was to be incorporated into the building as well. However, InsideTheMagic.net is reporting that those rumors are false. Instead, the Toothsome Chocolate Factory restaurant will be filling the vacancy that was once the NBA City restaurant. PW Insider, who broke the news last week, still maintains 
that there will be some kind of WWE attraction as a part of Universal Studios, but a location is unknown at this time. And that will do it for another edition of the Dave 55050 News Report. Tune in next week right here at the top of the hour for all your latest news and developments in the world of professional wrestling. And hopefully I won't have a brain fart and lose my notes. <laughs> Ken, back to you. My apologies. Yeah, brain, yeah. brain farts happen. It happens. It's okay. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. Why don't we go out to the phones because we got Rocky on the line. Rocky, how are you doing this evening? Doing good, guys. How are you? Doing all right. Talking a little roadblock. Solid show, but uh, inconsequential, uh, at least in our opinions. Your thoughts on roadblock and uh, the road to WrestleMania as it's presently constituted? Uh, well, I, I again, uh, I have to agree with you guys that roadblock – Definitely, definitely above average show. Uh, there were there were a lot of pluses. I feel into it. Uh, in particular, you had uh, Chris, just Chris Jericho's promo that you know, t- just basically showing the rest of the roster how it's done promo wise. You had uh, Stardust and Sami Zayn. Now, I know people. You know, the internet wrestling community is a you know, Sami Zayn sweet is a sweetheart. But for me. I'm definitely a fan of Cody. Uh, you know, I, I love the Stardust character and what he does with it. I thought it was great. Uh, he, the women's match, uh, Natalia and Charlotte, I thought they, you know, it, it may have run a little long, but I still think it was an exciting match. And, of course, finally the ending, which we all we all knew it was going to go down that way, so I really did not see the point as far as, uh, you know, Ambrose and Triple H. You know, and and listening to the points you brought up previously about you know you got to do something because I agree that this road to WrestleMania right now is pretty much limping and it's limping hard. Um, it almost feels like you have to add something or something. You know, the big swerve has to happen. And I just, in my personal opinion, I don't know if you're going to add anything to the match per se. But being that, you know, being that you kind of have the triangle of Roman, Triple H, and Ambrose, you know, let me put my Booker hat on for a second. Let me just say that Reigns will go over, Reigns will definitely go over on Triple H. I can't see Triple H holding the title for that much longer. But in my view, look for a, you know, look for a Roman heel turn. Because I, I think if... If creative has finally opened their eyes, which one can only hope, the Roman Reigns character getting stuffed down the throats of the fans is obviously not working. They're not swallowing it. So, you know, a la The Rock and Rocky Maivia, you know, just do, just do what's going to work and turn Roman heel. People love the boom already. Just go with it. What do you think? Um... If not heal, I agree with you. They got to do something, uh, something drastic, something uh, shocking, something memorable has to happen. Um, yeah, I mean the heel turn is is the simplest way to go about it. Um, you know, and, and and to me, and David, I want your take too on on this. I, I mean, you can go heel, or you can keep him babyface and maybe tweak his character. Um, I do think heel or face, regardless. Uh, part of it is, 
I, I and I've said this before. I think you really got to change. Uh, you got to change up everything he's doing. And I think if you turn him heel, the good thing about turning him heel is then I think you can eliminate that that entrance through the crowd. Um, you can kind of just have him come down the ramp. I, I just think there's there's too many things he's doing that he's just uh, uh, he's just the Shield wannabe now. The other two guys broke out of the Shield and are their own men. And here's Roman Reigns, who's still just, you know, a S.H.I.E.L.D. guy, coming out to the same music, wearing the same outfit, having the same entrance. And whether that takes a heel turn or to tweak his, his uh, look and, and entrance and everything as a face, um, I, I think there's a lot you can do there. Um, you know, I've joked before, when I look at Roman Reigns, I look at a guy who who graduated college 10 years ago but still wears his varsity jacket everywhere. You know, it's like he's, it's, the shield is dead. It's no more. Stop, stop trying to, to, to hang on that. So I think some sort of change, uh, some, whether it's turning heel or, or changing his look, but I do feel like, and his music, I, I think you got to do something with him to make him his own man. And, again, whether heel or face, just let him be a badass. Just let him be an ass-kicking badass. Minimal, minimal talking. Maximum ass beatings. And to, to your point, Rocky, I think turning him heel would help because then you can make him an ass-kicker with no mercy. And you can have him, like, right after the heel turn to, you know, to, I mean, I remember going way back. Where, uh, and I think it was on Saturday night's main event, like after Andre the Giant turned, he killed Leaping Lanny Poffo. You know, and, and just, you know, or when Bret Hart turned, and then he killed uh, Rocky Maivia on, uh, I think it was Monday Night Raw. You know, I think you can do something where turn him heel and, and to that end of being an ass kicker, have him like really mercilessly beat a couple people down to solidify that and just make him this bona fide tough guy. And as he gets more and more popular, let that evolve, and then you can turn him face again. Now, again, whether it's a heel turn or something else, I think there needs to be a change, a tweak, something in the character. Because, like I said, I think, again, being optimistic, but WWE breaks their attendance record. If WrestleMania ends with just Roman Reigns cleanly, as is, winning that title from Triple H, I think you're going to have 90-plus thousand people uh, booing him out of the building, and I know it, it's still like they're making noise, and the WWE still made their money selling the tickets, but they can't be happy with the number. The guy who they're starting to build as a number one babyface gets booed out of the building. So, I, I, you know, Dave threw out a lot of things there. To Rocky's point, do you think he'll turn? Do you think just a tweak in the character? You think keep him as is? Your thoughts on, on where they should go with Roman Reigns? Well, I don't think keep them as is. I mean, if you're it, like, all right, let me break it down for you in a couple different ways. I'll try and be, you know, quick about this. I don't think they're going to turn him heel. Um, recent reports I read is that they're sticking with him as the number one guy. He's the heir apparent to the throne that John Cena had been sitting upon for the last 14 some odd years. Okay. And they, their philosophy is, is that not one guy necessarily is, is, the leading force in the company anymore um, that, that, that sells the tickets. WWE sells tickets as a brand. So whether 
they, they don't have that like 80s booking philosophy where their good guy needs to be cheered like they did when you know Hogan was you know the top dog in his heyday. Um, whether Roman is cheered or booed, it doesn't matter, but they're still sticking with him as as the number one guy for a few years. WWE as a brand is what really sells tickets. That's their philosophy. That's what I've been hearing. You know, rumors, speculation, whatever you want to call it. I take it with a grain of salt, like usual. Um, would, a, would a heel turn work? Absolutely. I totally think so. Um, if you wanted to keep him as a baby face, limit his talking immensely and kind of give him the, the badass Goldberg kind of approach. Um, everything really short, quick, but very impactful. I mean, I was in Boston at TLC in December, and nobody cared about him and Sheamus in that main event. I tell you right now, like I said, it felt like a bunch of people were just talking over a wrestling match because nobody cared about that match. When Triple H came out and Reigns beat the crap out of him for a good 15 minutes, then all of a sudden they started caring. He had imp- he was badass. It was impactful. There was no talking. That worked. If you kept that with him in his persona right now, I think the people would be more receptive to that than to him coming out and talking and trying to insult you know, his, 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 his opposing, you know, foe, which talking is not his strong point. Okay. Um, but as a, but like I said, a heel turn at the same time would work. Um, if you were to incorporate these other individuals that we talked about, like maybe Ambrose or Brock Lesnar, or even Bray Wyatt and have a multi-man match for the title, then Ambrose or Reigns winning and kind of, you know, doing the can't beat them, join them theory with Triple H and the authority and kind of Triple H kind of giving him his respect, saying, okay, this is what I've wanted from you all along. You've earned my respect now. And then Reigns kind of just goes with the can't beat them, join them theory. I think that would work too. It's the, you know, this has been a plan all along, stupidness, because that would just be stupid to go with that theory. Um, and then if you were to, like, turn on Ambrose, and beat the dog crap out of him in front of 90,000 people who clearly would be behind Ambrose more than they would be behind him, I think it would really accelerate his heel heat moving forward with him as, as a heel um, post-WrestleMania, as the champion, as the authority's champion. I think it would work, but I really don't think they're going to go that route. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm surprised, but I think they're just going to kind of stick with the status quo and hope that the reactions don't get worse. Yeah, I can definitely agree with all that. And uh, one more thing before you guys let me go. One other thing that I was appreciative of and for uh, Roadblock was definitely uh, the match between, well, the what we thought was going to be a match between Lesnar and Bray Wyatt, which turned out to be Lesnar versus Harper. Because honestly, I do think the fans, that that to me is a WrestleMania caliber match that I think fans could get behind. Uh, I, I'm definitely a fan of, of Bray Wyatt. I think, you know, obviously, if there's any way that he's going to go over on uh, Lesnar, it's going to be some interjection of the Wyatt family. But I think that's one that, that's one matchup. And I remember the dirt sheet saying something to the fact that Bray wanted the match against Lesnar at WrestleMania, not at Roadblock. And I think it was a good way to kind of, you know, if there was one element that kind of could move stuff along, if that develops, I think it was a smart way to do it. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, the, the internet wrestling community gets a little, uh, you know, gets their panties in the in, the, in a bunch a little too quickly. Um, and again, especially looking at how Roadblock played itself out, I mean, it was a glorified house show. Uh, so to give you Bray Wyatt versus uh, Brock um, at Roadblock, like, I'm okay with it. I, I Again, I think... Uh, the criticism with that comes back down to the WWE marketing that we really thought we were going to see something significant. Um, I agree with you. That's something that, um, number one, is just not a throwaway match. Number two, like there needs to be a, a substantial build towards that, and uh, whether it be WrestleMania or another pay-per-view down the line, um, I was okay with that. I just think you know when you lead people to believe that we're going to see uh, these two guys get in the ring together, you don't it doesn't happen, uh, that's something that could have been reserved for Monday Night Raw. You know, and, and I think, they, again, they're they almost a, a victim of their own marketing. But uh, I was okay with it as well. You're setting something up, you know, down the road a piece between the two of them. Uh, they could be very entertaining, very exciting, um, you know, to have a program going where Bray Wyatt and Paul Heyman are jawing off each other. And then I'd love to see what, what kind of a matchup these two would put in uh, I think it is something that should be reserved for something more special. So we're in agreement there. Good stuff as always, Rocky. Thanks for the call. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care, guys. Take it easy, brother. Thanks, I mean, buddy. Dave, it's a weird kind of thing when you when you look at, like, Bray and, and Brock. And, yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to see these guys. And, and they lead you up to it. Um, but this wasn't, I mean, it's, it's labeled as a special event, but it really wasn't. It was It was just a televised house show. And... If you can accept that that's what they gave us, um, I, I don't think you can give us Bray versus Brock there. Bray Brock uh, needs to be on a bigger stage than WWE Roadblock. Absolutely. I do agree. I, I, like I said earlier, I was okay that Bray and Brock didn't touch. It's apparent that they have plans for them following WrestleMania. I know that originally that was the idea heading into the Royal Rumble that Bray and Brock were going to um, – have a have a program at WrestleMania, but because of the success of Ambrose and Lesnar's interactions on TV, they kind of decided to switch things up a bit, which I was okay with too. I thought I think that's still a good idea. I'm kind of disappointed that Wyatt's not in a high profile match at WrestleMania because I think he can hold his own um, in a high profile match. But um, then again, I guess you know him and the rest of the Wyatt family being added to the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which hasn't been made official yet. That's just a rumor. Um, I guess kind of adds a kind of star power that he has to that match to make that match more important. But um, you're probably going to see something like that at SummerSlam or maybe even one of the B pay-per-views like Money in the Bank. Uh, I don't know. I, I could be wrong. But there's talk of this summer uh, Lesnar and the entire Wyatt family having a run with each other. So I, I, I look forward to it. I wouldn't have minded it at WrestleMania. Um, but at Roadblock, I was perfectly okay with the scenario that Wyatt kind of sacrificed one of his guys to Lesnar, and it kind of added more heat and made me as a fan anticipate when they are going to wrestle. Because if it, if they just had a match and Lesnar beat him matter-of-factly and that was the end of it, it would have made me disappointed to see them wrestle again on a bigger stage. I think the first encounter has to be on a bigger stage, and a glorified televised house show is not one of them. Agreed. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. Let's go back out to the phones. So we got Mikey on the line. Mike, how are you doing this evening? 
All right, all right. Hey, you know, you know, it would be something if every time Bray Wyatt is supposed to wrestle Brock Lesnar, he throws one of his guys in there, and he says, "You're wrestling tonight." I, I agree with you, man. I mean, they could do, you know, they could do something where if they're going to build a program between the two of them, that uh, you know, Bray just keeps kind of backing out of the challenge and. It leads to, you know, Brock being more and more frustrated and, and uh, really just tearing apart the, the Wyatt family, leading towards eventually that final matchup. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that this, this uh, however they, they do it, um, whether they do it through the whole Wyatt family or maybe it's just they do it a couple times. But I agree with you. I think it's something that could work. So, I, I, to me, when you run a program with a guy like guys like these two, when when – Lesnar finally gets his hands on Bray in the squared circle. It's got to be that, you know, absolute desperation that now Lesnar's at a point where he just wants to absolutely kill Bray. And, um, you know, you kind of frustrate the the beast incarnate for a while until he's about to blow a gasket. And uh, so to me, it's like you need a good build, you need a significant build, and then it has to be on a bigger stage. But I could see something like that happening, Mike. Or maybe, or maybe at WrestleMania, have Bray Wyatt interject himself into this match. And that's something uh, you know I could see happening too. I mean, Dave, we're talking you know street fight uh, with Ambrose and Brock Lesnar. Do you see perhaps? Do we see some Wyatt family involvement in that uh, at Mania this year? It could be possible. It depends on when they plan on doing Wyatt and Lesnar. You know, if it's immediately following WrestleMania, if Lesnar's going to stick around after WrestleMania, then I could see something like that happening. Um, honestly, if, if usually the next night after, you know, WrestleMania on Raw, that's a pretty big Raw. That's probably one of the most anticipated Monday Night Raws of the year um, because of the, the WrestleMania crowd that will be in attendance. Uh, it's a very diverse crowd. And maybe if Lesnar's not going to be on TV immediately following WrestleMania, maybe the Wyatt attacking him the night after is one of those scenarios where they write him off TV so that when he comes back for SummerSlam, you have that instant rivalry uh, with Lesnar and the Wyatt family, and you have that incident that took place the night after to touch upon. So, But at the same time, like, I, like, like Mike said, it's very possible we could see him and the Wyatt family interject themselves in the match. Um, but I kind of have the feeling that um, they're really going with this. In, in terms of Ambrose and, and, and Lesnar, they're really going. They're really going in the direction with Ambrose's character is that he's the kind of guy that takes a licking and keeps on ticking, and he just doesn't know when to to quit. Like some, like he doesn't know, you know, for his own good when to quit. And I think that's the kind of story that they're going with with him and Lesnar. So this street fight will probably. I'm not going to make a prediction, but we'll probably see Lesnar just kind of beat the dog out of him. Ambrose will get his spots in and and make himself look good, but it'll be one of those scenarios where Lesnar beats the dog out of him and Ambrose just doesn't know when to quit. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's my thinking, but who knows? Things could change. Like I said, we could see the, the, the foot not under the bottom rope controversy rear its ugly head tonight on Raw, and maybe we get a whole completely different you know, change of plans for WrestleMania. Who knows? I thought that was a very, uh, I thought that was a very good match between Triple H and Dean Ambrose. I think Dean Ambrose really looked good out there, 
and uh, Triple H looked good. And then uh, the next thing you know, it just looked like, you know, Ambrose walked into the pedigree and uh, the ball game was over. And I like the, you know, I I like what you said earlier, Ken, about it being a glorified house show because I, I agree 100% on that. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I thought was a shame with it because I, I did think it was a solid show. And, you know, part of the problem was when you kind of build it up to be something special and you kind of build it up to a place where you think it's going to have a, a major impact on WrestleMania and then you just don't see it, you, you kind of find yourself being disappointed. And you really shouldn't be disappointed because it it was a decent show. I think it had a lot of real good in-ring action. Um, like I keep saying, I think the WWE, they, they kind of shot themselves in the foot with the way they, they publicize this event. I think right down to calling it Roadblock, where they're kind of putting it out there that, you know, it's it's on the road to WrestleMania, you know, there's a roadblock here that there's going to be something impactful, and, and the impact just wasn't there. But top to bottom, I thought it was a pretty solid show. I thought we got some real good in-ring action. What did you think of the show as a whole, Mike? I thought it was really good. I thought the show as a whole was unbelievable. I, I, I think it get, I, I think to me, I say unbelievable because the stuff that we've seen was unbelievable. Some of the stuff... Um, I, I thought the matches were very good, and I thought they were quick, and they they told the story, and and the pace was nice. So we got a good. I think we got a good, you know, little mini mini pay per view. The women's women's match was good. I like that. Yeah, I, I thought that was a great match, and and you know we talked earlier in the show. I, I just don't understand why we're not seeing Natalia used more effectively uh, in the WWE. Um, I, I thought she, she looked incredible. Uh, she's exactly, you know, her style was exactly what Charlotte needs to, to look good. Uh, you know, I think they helped each other, but you got to give Natalia the credit. Natalia's the veteran. And uh, I, I just, I would like to see Natalia used a little bit more. I agree. And I love that shirt. Brothers got a hug. I like that. It had Owen in it. It had Brett. It was awesome. It was a, it was a great, uh, great shirt by Natalia. And I agree with you. You know, Natalia's more, um, you know, Natalia's more um, than just somebody that was coming out with with uh, with Tyson and, and uh, Cesaro. So I mean, on the, uh, it, it just, it's just something. I, I, I can't put my finger on it, but they need to. Inject some more Natalia. I thought she did a great, had a great promo with Ric Flair, and I think Ric Flair is great. I think Ric Flair is what Charlotte Charlotte needs. I I, I think it's, you know Flair to me is is working well with Charlotte, but I I think it's got to be something that um you know at some point I I feel like Ric Flair's antics need to get to Charlotte where she feels the need to fire her father. And to me, if you're going to continue this run with Charlotte as a heel, what better way to do it than to show her father the door at some point? Because if she, if she fires Ric Flair, uh, then she will be universally hated. And, uh, you know, as a heel, I think that's part of her problem right now is, you know, Rick, Rick's coming out with you. He's going to get cheered. Everyone's going to, you know, woo! His players there. So it's, it's tough to be a, 
you know, bonafide heel uh, when you got, like, a legend coming down to the ring with you. So I think there's something that needs to be finite, something that needs to, to end at some point, and I would hope uh, to maintain her heel status that when they do decide to pull the plug, that not only does Charlotte fire her father, but it's kind of a bitch about it when she does. Yeah, and to think that, uh, and to think that that woo that so many people love to woo came from a Jerry Lee Lewis song. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire! And you know, just leads more to the rock and wrestling connection. You know. Hey, uh, you know, and then today I get a uh, I get a WWE message about tonight's Hall of Famer. I'm excited about Jacqueline. I mean, you know. And, and and I'm also and I was also told that it's going to lead to Jacqueline the next one and then after that I'm, I was told that it could be uh, Stan Hansen. Well, I, I've heard those rumors too. I mean, it, it's an interesting Hall of Fame class right now because you know Jacqueline's one of those cases where I I am okay with her going into the Hall of Fame, but I don't think she's necessarily a slam dunk Hall of Famer, but I don't think she doesn't belong there either. Um, I don't know. I just I, I'm not a big fan of how this this class is shaping up. Again, my favorite right. night of the weekend. But you know, I'm okay. Uh, you know, we talked about it last week. The rumors were out there. But you know, Dave. I mean, you're in that that camp too, right? That I mean, to us, like Jacqueline belongs in the Hall of Fame. I do agree. And a lot of people. Uh, I've, I've I've seen a lot of posts today on social media about, you know, the, the outrage that, uh, you know, someone like Cindy Lauper is not inducted into the celebrity wing, but Jacqueline is getting inducted um, into the WWE Hall of Fame. A lot of people don't, you know, rem- a lot of people forget Jacqueline was, in, in the Attitude Era, her and Sable were the first two women to reintroduce the WWF Women's Championship um, in, into storylines and really... That was the beginning of what we're currently seeing right now with the women wrestling and being more involved in the show than just being a valet. And she also helped shape the division in the early 2000s by, you know, helping mold the likes of Trish Stratus, Lita, Victoria. Uh, you know, she, she may not have been spotlighted as much, but she brought some legitimacy to the matches because of her in-ring skill and ability and really helped. I mean, she's, I wouldn't say she's a pioneer, when it comes to women's wrestling, but she really helped re- revitalize women's wrestling um, beginning in the late 90s after it had had a long sabbatical um, from the industry for God knows how long. So she doesn't get enough credit for what she contributed to the, the industry itself. And, of course, you know, she had her runs as a female wrestler, you know, in, you know, USWA, the later years of World Class Championship Wrestling. She was in WCW. She even had a brief run in TNA. Um, what she did, she brought legitimacy to the women's product at a time where a lot of people didn't take the women seriously. So for me, I personally think it's deserving of a Hall of Fame nod. I, I agree, and I, I think it's te- I think it's Texas. I think it's a lot of it is Texas connection. I think I think I think the you know I think it's Texas connection. And that's that's why I think a lot of these, you know, I think a lot of these, hey, uh, you know, going into the Hall of Fame. But you know, I have a question though. Now, also, now, who would be the next celebrity if they're going to stick with the Texas theme? Was there a, a celebrity that was was here from Texas? 
Good question. I mean, is there anything that jumps to your head, Dave? A celebrity from Texas that they would put in the celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame. I don't necessarily think. I don't think they're necessarily going with a Texas theme. I know that the Freebirds had done a lot of work in Texas. Jacqueline wrestled in Texas. She's Um, from Texas. Well, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. She she wrestled in Texas. Uh, uh, Sting currently lives in Dallas, Texas. I don't think they're going. They're 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 going outright and saying it's a theme because they're from Texas, but <coughs> excuse me, because the Godfather is not from Texas and he's going into the Hall of Fame. Same thing with the Big Boss Man. However, um, a celebrity, I really don't know. I, I really can't put my finger on who, as a celebrity inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame, is, is from Texas. So um, I'm hearing there might not be a celebrity inductee this year, which I'd be perfectly fine with, too. But I also heard that if there is one, there's talk that Regis Philbin might be that celebrity inductee. Who knows? Um, yeah, that'd be good. Even... I like Regis Philbin. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I, I thought mean, he was so, good. I, I liked him. I liked him at WrestleMania Seven. All he did was he 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 he, he commentated for the main event. That was it. He no, and then he did. A, he also to WWE. Well, he also did an inter- He also did an interview. He also did an interview um, with uh, me and Gene Oakland, and also he had a lot of the wrestlers on the show. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's okay. interesting that you just said that, Mike, because that, you know, I I just pulled up an article of uh, celebrities not in the Hall of Fame, and, uh, you know, he was on, there's 10 celebrities that, you know, why not, I'll read off the 10, 10 celebrities that are not in the celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame but deserve it. Muhammad Ali, Cindy Lauper, Andy Kaufman, Floyd Mayweather, David Arquette, Maria Menounos, Lawrence Taylor, William Shatner, Dennis Rodman, and Regis Philbin. And they have a little blurb next to every celebrity that, uh, you know, why they should be. And one of the things they said about Regis was, as a television personality, he was one of the few that on legitimate media that he didn't shun wrestlers, that he would regularly book wrestlers as guests on his talk show. So perhaps, which, you know, looking at it from that end of things, uh, you know, perhaps he is uh, deserving of a WWE Celebrity Wing Hall of Fame induction. Uh, Not so much what he's done at WWE events and WWE television, but what he did on his own television show uh, for, for the industry of pro wrestling. Well, that's right, because Dave Dave is a hundred percent right. He really didn't do much at WrestleMania seven except for except for that little uh you know, commentating at the end and, and then the and then that little spot that he did, you know, interviewing people. I mean, that's basically all he did and it was only one you know, was his WrestleMania. And that and that and that alone to me where is Bob Euchre? See, where is Bob Euchre? He did a couple of, of WrestleManias. And he was well deserved to go into the Hall of Fame. I was happy when he went into the Hall of Fame. You know the Uke. I, li- I like the, I like the celebrities. I think the WWE is hitting the nail on the head. Well, my question to you guys is, I, I'm hearing that they're going to make a physical Hall of Fame. How do you feel about that, Dave? Would you want to take that? Well, I in my news report, I had mentioned that there were rumors that a physical Hall of Fame was going to be made. Um, it was going to be incorporated with a restaurant as well. 
some type of Hall of Fame setting, but also, you know, a, a restaurant theme behind it at Universal Studios City Walk exhibit in Orlando, Florida. But now that's not apparently going to happen. Um, right now, there's PW Insider is still claiming that, 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 that WWE is going to put some kind of attraction at Universal Studios, but they're not sure what location hmm. on the property that they want to do it. Um, it's been talked about, but there's nothing very concrete as of yet, uh, as far as I know. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, yes, would a physical Hall of Fame help legitimize the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. However, you want to be able to profit off this Hall of Fame, and you want to put it – got to find the right place to put it. I think Orlando's a great spot because it's a big tourist attraction with Disney and all the other parks and – you know, it, it's it's part of, you know, one of WWE's home bases with the Performance Center and NXT down there. So I think Orlando would be a good spot. Finding the right spot for it is key. And also, too, something that's profitable, something where people are going to go to on a semi-regular basis. You know, you, you, want, you want to be able to profit off of this and not just build something and have a building and then maybe, you know, every so often people show up to walk around and look at all the memorabilia, you know. You're going to want to incorporate some of the current talent involved, maybe do autograph signings, maybe some of the NXT guys, maybe even turn it into like a like a mini studio of sorts for NXT TV tapings. I mean, I don't know what, the, what their ideas are, but you want to make sure that it's profitable too, not just some building that it houses a whole bunch of wrestling memorabilia and recognizes all the the, the guys that are – been inducted into the Hall of Fame because otherwise you're just basically wasting space by putting it there if if nobody's going to show up. Definitely, but but the one thing that I the one thing that I would like the most out of it is that people would be able to buy memorabilia and stuff. You know, the the like they used to over here in in New York City when we had the restaurant over I'm here. Sure I used to I'm go sure and get my shirts and stuff. Yeah, I'm sure they would have merchandise there, and I'm sure that they would. You know, and it, it would. You're not just going to go in there and look at memorabilia. They'll have stuff for you to buy because at the end of the day, they want to make a dollar off of it. So, of course, they're going to have merchandise there. Yeah, of course of course, they would do something like that. Well, that's good. That's and and I, I also heard maybe a restaurant, too. Um, I heard they were going to try that's to do I a restaurant, said. too. Yeah. Mike, good stuff. Thanks for the phone call. Hopefully we uh, get – and I hope so. I mean, it's a, it's a rumor. It might not be happening. It is happening, but – a physical building for the WWE Hall of Fame is definitely, uh, to me at least at this point, where they made such a big deal out of the inductions every year that it's it's warranted to get a building. Thanks a lot for the call, Mike. We'll talk to you next week. I'll talk to you next week. You guys got it. Bye-bye. Take it easy, brother. You know, it's going to be interesting if they actually put up a physical building. Um, you know, I've always said with the way the WWE has moved in the direction of uh, pulling stars out of the quote-unquote Hall of Fame, but it's not, you know, it's not a Hall of Fame. It's it's a it's a spot on the website, and when whether it's Hulk Hogan or Jimmy Snooker or whoever else might wind up getting into trouble, they pull their images off the website. Does this necessarily mean they're out of the Hall of Fame? Uh, not necessarily, but their images aren't there, and when their images aren't there, that's your only representation of the Hall of Fame. So it's like they've been pulled. It should be interesting to see if they put a physical building up. I would expect that those guys who were pulled off as far as their images on the website would still get plaques or busts or whatever they feel like they're going to do uh, in, in, the w, in the physical building of, of the WWE Hall of Fame. It would be interesting to see how exactly they handle it. 
you know, Dave, you hit the restaurant, I think, you know, some sort of theme restaurant where, uh, you know, around the building you have plaques of the Hall of Famers, uh, you know, would be a way to go. But you're right. You can't, you can't have it. You're going to, you're going to, if it's just a Hall of Fame, then you're going to have a truckload of people that want to go visit it on WrestleMania weekend. And, you know, after the newness wears off, you know, how many tourists going to Orlando, uh, you know, for, for the fun and the sun and the Disney theme parks are going to go there also to just see a WWE Hall of Fame? It's got to be something, whether it's a restaurant or something else, a studio, like you said, they put on wrestling shows, whatever the case is, it's going to have to be something else than just a Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's got to be profitable. I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, rent's not cheap. So you know they're not gonna they're not gonna pay the rent to just have somebody occupy the building in hopes that people show up. You know, you're I'm sure that they would. You know, here, an idea that I thought of if they were to do a physical Hall of Fame building is, you know, for some of these guys who don't necessarily make it on TV as much or even are or, you know don't even make it onto the house shows and are a part of the you know the house show tours every week. Um, it would be beneficial for some guys like a Zack Ryder or you know let's say if a, a Stardust isn't on the loop or whoever. You advertise them doing an autograph signing at the uh, at, at the WWE Hall of Fame building, and you, you know you you'll charge admission or whatever. But these guys get some form of a payday. The building makes some form of a profit with some of these fans coming in to check them out. And then you could also incorporate them as a part of maybe you know the, the, an NXT live event that same day or the day after within a gen, within the general area you know of uh, Central Florida where they where, where NXT tours. I mean, you got to make sure that you're at the end of the day. They, they have to profit from it, and that's the key word, profit. And you're not going to profit with just having a building there with a bunch of memorabilia collecting dust. Couldn't agree more. Main speaking, I, I really hope they are moving in the direction of giving us a, a physical being, building, physical being, physical building for the Hall of Fame. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. You there, Ken, Dave, here, Answering, listening to your thoughts about WWE. Let's go back out to the phones. We got Kevin on the line. Kevin, how are you doing this evening? Hello? Uh, I think it's Kevin, 908. Are you there? Ken, Ken, Brian, how are you, man? Sorry about that. Brian, how are you doing? What's up, guys? Hey, uh, I just tuned in a few minutes ago. I had to tune out, but I don't know if you talked about it. I'm actually looking forward to the Jericho AJ Styles match uh, for the trifecta. I think, and I, I you know, I, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I think AJ Styles right now is probably the best wrestler out there today, performing wise in the ring. I mean, he is the phenomenal one, and he just brings it every single time he's in the ring. And I think this match could steal WrestleMania. Your thoughts? Uh, I, you know, yeah. I mean, these guys. Um... I could see with the talent level, them stealing the show. What I've liked, you know, and it's so easy to crap on the WWE. I mean, they've, they've had a lot of missteps in, in recent memory, so it's been easy. But I, I, I got to give creative credit uh, with how they've handled AJ Styles thus far. Uh, if, if there's a hole in AJ's game, it's his mic work. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the time when this guy has a mic in his hand, uh it can be difficult to listen to him. Uh, I think what they did with The Miz helped AJ a lot. Pairing him with Jericho has helped him a lot. It's gotten the crowd behind him. Kudos to Jericho 
who gave us a classic old school type heel turn where, you know, now got people, I mean, he's a legit heel. He's not a fun heel. He's not a cool heel. He's not like a heel. Hey, we kind of like him, but we, we kind of don't. No, he turned. He turned heel, man. It, to me, that, that turn was a, a cool throwback, Hogan, Mr. Wonderful type uh, turn that, that you know, Jericho, and then a masterful promo on Roadblock. So, to me, the psychology and the storyline is all there as we talk about a build to WrestleMania and how it's lacking uh, a bit across the board. We're getting a nice build here. We're getting two guys that they got in the ring together that had mutual respect for each other. And out of that mutual respect uh, was born a tag team where they were going to work together. And then right as that tag team uh, forms, Jericho cuts it down. It's a, it's a nice, simple, old-school, good psychology kind of storyline. And with these two guys, the amount of times they've worked together, I see their in-ring chemistry improving. Totally can see this being, you know, if you start to, once we get towards WrestleMania, and we always do our, you know, potential show stealers, but I guess it's a little early. But, yeah, without question, I think this could be a show stealer at the show of shows. Dave, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I mean, the the best thing that they've done right now with AJ Styles is letting him be himself. And, first of all, keeping the name, keeping the gimmick, letting him wrestle his style, I think, you know, no pun intended, I think it's worked for him. And I think that's what, what people have gotten behind is, is the fact that they've let him be himself. They've done a really good job with that. And him working with Jericho – a lot of people have crapped on some of their early matches. I think their matches have progressively gotten better and better, and I do think that there's potential for that match to steal the show at WrestleMania. I think Jericho works better as a, as a bad guy anyways. I like him better as a bad guy than I do as a good guy. Um, some of his best stuff has been as a bad guy. His run with Shawn Michaels in 2008 was probably the best work Jericho has ever done. Um, but him working with AJ Styles is, is key to helping AJ get over even further in WWE, especially so early in this run right now. So uh, for WrestleMania, I'm, yes, I'm hoping that that match gets made. I'm hearing tonight possibly hear some more WrestleMania announcements. That could be one of them. And uh, I just hope that it gets some time. That's the, that's the other key thing, too. Give that match some time on WrestleMania. And uh, you know, Jericho Jericho's a hell of a worker, and when he works with young guys, they get better, so I think we're going to see a fantastic match between the two of them at WrestleMania, if that's in the cards. Yeah, and I, I think definitely that heel turn was a classic heel turn, and that's, you know, we talk about Roman turning. Somehow they can figure out how to turn Roman that way. I think it could work, but again, I talked about it last time with you guys. You know, I think the experiment for Roman Reigns' uh, experiment has failed, but if you keep trying to throw something on the wall, see if it sticks, you know, I don't know. I mean, if this is a guy they're pushing to be the number one star, I definitely at some point think he needs to go heel and needs to be done in a, a vicious, badass way. I couldn't agree with you guys more. But, uh, you know, I look forward to tonight in WrestleMania. And, uh, Ken, I will be seeing you in a couple weeks and hopefully bring Pat along with me. Good talking to you guys. Nice. Good talk to you. Thanks for the phone call. Talk to you soon, man. It's a good stuff. I mean, people are, like, behind this this Jericho heel turn. Uh, you know, I love the vibe of, of that just old-school uh, heel turn and, and a guy who – you know, very talented and, and really just work the crowd in, in Toronto. And, you know, I'm expecting that tonight we'll we'll see uh, a little bit more of that, a little more, uh, you know, a heel Jericho, and we get uh, get to hear from AJ. But as we look towards, uh, 
Monday Night Raw tonight. I guess the biggest news is uh, they'll officially announce Jacqueline as a Hall of Famer, and uh, there's supposed to be an Undertaker sighting tonight on Monday Night Raw, where uh, the Undertaker obviously taking on Shane McMahon in a Hell in a Cell. Uh, Some people are crapping all over this. Some people are okay with it. Uh, But as far as WWE.com, it says the dead man to confront the McMahons. So what what could that mean? Uh, What could The Undertaker have to say to the the McMahons? Do we get some sort of uh, change in this match? I don't think so. Uh, But I am curious, you know, especially the the past few years, Dave, when, when The Undertaker talks, he doesn't say much. Very curious to hear what he has to say to the McMahon family. Well, I was disappointed in a few weeks ago when he did come out on Raw and there was very little said at all. He just kind of let it be known that, you know, he was going to hurt Vince's son and it wasn't going to be his fault. Um, I was I was really surprised that Undertaker's character didn't question why Vince put him in the middle of this family squabble um, and why Undertaker's, you know, I'm really surprised why Undertaker's character didn't question, um, you know, why Vince would think that the Undertaker would be doing his bidding for him. Um, I'm hoping we kind of get some of that tonight, but um, it should be an interesting segment. There's also a rumor that Mick Foley's supposed to be at Raw tonight to reveal his involvement at WrestleMania. Um, in, in public interviews, he's been very vague that he will be a part of WrestleMania. He's hearing that he has a role on the show, but he doesn't know what it is. Tonight, we should get the beginnings of that. Um, and then there's also a rumor of Daniel Bryan, too, getting involved at WrestleMania. And Daniel Bryan, uh, or no, I'm sorry, involved in tonight's Raw. I don't know if it's going to lead to something at WrestleMania with him, but um, it could be him being involved with Bree. We don't know. But it should be a big Raw tonight. And Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman are advertised. So we'll see what happens. And I love as we get to WrestleMania season, the Internet's all abuzz. And, and you, you wonder, you know, is there trolling going on? Is... Uh, could things be for real? Uh, but the, the interesting thing that, of course, had the Internet all abuzz is uh, Paul Heyman, who, you know, let's face it, Paul Heyman, sometimes he teases what's going to happen, and sometimes he just likes, uh, you know, poking the proverbial beehive and see what, what happens. Uh, tweets a picture of him and Kurt Angle out today. Rumors swirling. Could we see a Kurt Angle tonight on Monday Night Raw? You know, I would, if I'm a betting man, I'd probably say no, but it is intriguing to, to think about, all right, what does Heyman have up his sleeve? Is this just something that he's screwing with fans? What is he looking to do out of this? But, uh, you know, if they're looking to make this WrestleMania special and in some way, shape, or form, they bring Angle back into the WWE to have some sort of role at WrestleMania, uh, that could be very entertaining. And um, that would definitely get a pretty damn big pop if we see Kurt Angle tonight. I mean, I think it would be cool, but I don't think it's going to happen right now. Um, exactly. The story I've heard, uh, the story I've heard um, was that him and Triple H had met this past weekend at the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger Sports you know, Festival that they do in, in, in Ohio. Angle was inducted into the International Sports Hall of Fame. WWE had their uh, exhibit there with some of the NXT matches, and Triple H was there in attendance for that. Um, So I'm sure that some kind of working relationship was discussed or maybe just early talks. Um, I don't know anything about an angle or a match, you know, no pun intended, but um, 
I mean, last I heard, they weren't really interested in him um, because of his health, because of his, his, his physical well-being and how the, the, the injuries, his neck injuries have really plagued him and how he's, he's just health-wise, he's a risk. He's kind of in that Daniel Bryan territory, um, at least from the stories I've heard regarding uh, what WWE thinks of him coming back right now, even going as far as the rumor was was that Triple H and WWE executives offered Angle a deal like a year and a half ago or two years ago before he re-signed with TNA, and they didn't lowball him, but they, they offered him like a full-time contract to work a full-time schedule. And Angle wanted no part of that. And the rumor is is that they did that because they knew he was going to turn it down because they didn't want to offer him a deal in the first place. So I don't know if there's some bad blood. I mean, this is all rumor and speculation. We don't know what's true. We don't know what's false. But this is what has been put out there um, by the dirt sheets and by other journalists in the wrestling industry. So, um, I mean, I imagine at some point he will get a Hall of Fame induction for what he's done in his wrestling career, which is Hall of Fame worthy, in my opinion. Um, So... I mean, maybe this, you know, the, the meeting this past weekend was just early talks with, you know, just kind of, you know, feeling each other out, so to speak, between him and Triple H. And he's from Pittsburgh, so, I mean, it makes it makes sense if he were to be a part of it. I'll be shocked if he comes out tonight. I mean, we were shocked that Shane McMahon showed up, but I'll be shocked if he's involved in any way, shape, or form in WrestleMania this year. And again, I I would agree with you too. It's just fun to speculate, like you know what exactly we're going to see at Monday Night Raw. I mean, it's pretty crazy, you know. You know, Dave, we do this show, and a lot of times over the past few years, uh, you know, we've speculated like, oh, look, the road to WrestleMania is starting early, and uh, you know, we'll talk about things going on and say, you know, November that like, oh, that road is starting early, but. You know, now it's like I mean, we are we are not far away from this this uh, this show at all. Um, you know, we are moving rapidly towards WrestleMania, and, and again, you know, to me, the card in and of itself uh, is looking entertaining. However, for me right now, uh, that juice that you like to see, uh, you know, with that card is just not there for me. Um, again, to Brian's point, Jericho, AJ, a classic, you know, and it doesn't need to be convoluted and complicated. Classic storytelling, classic, you know, heel turn. Hey, two guys, you know, competitors got together, friends, one turns on the other, bam, storyline, you know, and that, that's, that's wrestling for you, and it works. Uh, that's got some juice. I, I got to say, Dave, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a substantial Raw tonight to kind of add to that. I, I As of now, and we're getting close to it, I don't think this event has the juice it needs to have. It doesn't. I mean, it really doesn't. I mean, you want to pack that many people into that stadium and break an attendance record. Um, Yes, I know The Rock was announced as being a part of it, but what's his involvement at WrestleMania? I mean, is he just going to come out and and spit his catchphrases and maybe, you know, slap somebody around in the ring and then that be the end of it? I mean, if he's going to have involvement in WrestleMania, I'd like to know what he's doing. Granted, anything he does is pretty good, but I'd like to know what he's doing. You know, I'm surprised with three weeks out that, like, someone like, you know, especially with the way that the, the, the roster's been plagued with injuries, that they haven't made any kind of announcement as far as, like, a Shawn Michaels appearance or even a Steve Austin, you know. I mean, I know Austin's scheduled for the podcast with Foley, you know, the, the, the Thursday before WrestleMania live on the network from Dallas, but 
what kind of involvement are they going to have in, in WrestleMania? It would be nice to, to kind of have a, an idea to get you even more excited for it. But, I mean, you know, it does not have me dying to see WrestleMania. I'll watch WrestleMania because I'm a fan, number one. But I am not, like, jumping out of my skin being like, I got to see this match or I got to see that match at all. It's just not there right now. Maybe it'll get happen when I get closer. I don't know. Yeah, and like you said, though, I mean, some of the stuff is like, well, I mean, we see the, we've seen The Rock at WrestleMania. So The Rock announcing he's going to be at WrestleMania. Like, yeah, if, if The Rock just has a mic on his, in his hand for a couple minutes and he cuts a promo, is it going to be entertaining? Absolutely. Are we going to pop for it? Yeah, without question. Is he going to give a better promo than probably anyone the company has given over the past six, seven, eight months? Yes, he will. But it's not enough for me. Oh, The Rock's going to be there. Well, The Rock shows up now to every WrestleMania. It doesn't. It doesn't like have that. That that. Oh, I get to see The Rock. It's it's great. It's going to be entertaining. But it doesn't have that juice of like. Oh, that's going to be something special. And you're right. You know what are you waiting for? Uh, we're only a few weeks away. I mean, now if, if you're going to reveal these surprises, whatever it is, whether it's. Uh, you know, the the Rock is going to be in Roman Reigns' corner, or Austin is going to be a special guest referee, or, you know, Mick Foley's hosting the event. Whatever they're doing with these legends, you, you got to give us something. You got to give us a, that, you know, something to just give us, a, you know, a little bit of juice, a little bit of a little bit of a kick in the ass that, like, oh, now that's something I got to see. That's something that now the show seems special, and it is the biggest show of the year for the WWE, and right now, look, the card, it looks like a decent and above-average card for the WWE, but it doesn't have that juice or that special feeling that you want to get from WrestleMania. Let's see if Raw gives us that tonight. You callers were awesome tonight. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week, 6.30 to 8 o'clock. Hopefully, we're recapping a kick-ass Raw for tonight. Get you ready for next week's Raw. Hope you had a good time tonight. For Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody.